0: Welcome listeners to Dark Tides, a weekly improvised audio drama series that uses role-playing game mechanics. Now just to let you know, uh, this show regularly includes some fairly scary scenes, supernatural horror, this sort of stuff. So
1: listener discretion really is advised. But hey, we won't tell if you (laughs) won't.
0: Well, we'll see about that. I'm Aubrey Lyddon, I am the show creator, the host and narrator, and with me as always are BJ Ingate and Chester Lyddon, the stars
1: oh is that what we are we've been upgraded what's up my broskies what's up my man what's up my fellow gamers
2: my fellow protagonists
1: uh, yeah, I wasn't talking... Uh, okay, we're talking to each other now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> hey, how
2: you doing? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> My name is BJ. I play Alistair Stern, a 19-year-old emo with no friends and no job security. Ellie works as a night watchman for his father, the mayor, doing odd jobs around the town while in secret pursuing his true calling as an amateur cryptozoologist and detective of the supernatural. Ah, oh, I nearly, I nearly made it. I just stumbled on the end. I also sound like I have a cold today. I don't. I just went to the beach yesterday and apparently... They tell you salt water's good for you, but i, I sound like I'm sick now, mm-hmm. so I don't yeah. know how that
1: happened. Hello, my name is Chester, and I play the fictitious character Ernest Marsh <laughs> on the uh, on this podcast we have here, podcast. The non-existent podcast, non-existent uh, podcast. So don't get com- get me confused. Uh, Keep it locked in the fact that I play a fake person. Now, while we talk about that, let me move on to this fake information about this fake character. Uh-huh. A lifelong Boy Scout and nature enthusiast who has been given a chance to fulfill his lifelong dream of becoming a park ranger. This dream has led him to the Hookbar Archipelago. And let's be clear, this is not Chester's dream. No, you have to be, you have to be very clear. Yeah. This isn't me we're talking about. This is the fictitious character, <laughs> Ernest Marsh, that I'm I'm giving you relevant information about. I have not made that distinction, so you never know. It might
2: no, just be me.
0: Hey, it's me, Alistair. Hey, it's... All right, um, moving on from whatever this was. <laughs> on the last episode, we had a uh, incredibly dramatic, in-depth episode that involved a lot of arguing. Yes. <laughs> Our two protagonists had a confrontational hospital visit with Gina Grimshaw, the acting <laughs> park ranger chief, in which they uh, were accused of a lot of things and also accused a lot of people of a lot of so things. When a life when life accuses you, you just accuse right Excuse back. back. <laughs> yeah. Um, it runs out of energy. And we ended that episode with uh, the group splitting up. This is not the first time we've really split the party, but this is the most extensive time, and it's caused me a headache of writing. <laughs> um (laughs) you're welcome we're gonna keep you busy in the last episode uh alistair left with bernie todd one of the police officers to head up to the old cove a place called shink cove on the north of the island of hookba to search for a missing child that seems to have connections to a lot of ongoing mysteries meanwhile ernest left with the ever pleasant randy and a new character (laughs) officer nancy Uh, And they've headed down to Hon Caves in the opposite direction to see if they can locate a missing park ranger by the name of Brett. We're going to jump right in. Mr. Pop... (laughs) It is springtime in the archipelago of Hookbar, and in this region, that means strong winds and a propensity for storms and raging seas. A particularly large storm is beginning to form, far out to sea. Its clouds roll in like smoke, gaining momentum. The sea beneath their touch becomes steel gray and restless. A lone seagull is flying ahead of the storm, rising ever higher on the troubled air. It strains to maintain control And keep ahead of this oncoming power. This towering force of nature rolls forward, bearing down on the archipelago. On the largest island, for which The Collective is named, we follow a single police forward drive that barrels down a dirt road winding along the coast amid dense trees. Inside the car we find Alistair Stern and Officer Bernie Todd. Bernie seems lost in thought, humming tunelessly to himself. What is Alistair thinking about? Alistair has a picture in his mind,
2: um, and he's not exactly sure when this picture arrived in his mind on on the car journey or when exactly it leaves his mind. But it's a picture of an old wooden beat up guitar case um, that he is gripping furiously in his young 10 year old hand. Um, And he remembers the face of his sister trying to convince him to give it to her and he does not want to let it go and he's fighting her and eventually he lets go and he sees his sister walk off with the guitar case and he hears the voice of his mother asking you know Ali, it's okay you can come with us if you want and Ali is just silent and he turns away it's kind of that scene is just repeating in his mind just absent-mindedly
0: okay uh you remember the face of your sister and your mother's voice as the uh, road stretches out ahead of you and you then disappear into a new uh, stand of trees. On the other side of the island, a second police four-wheel drive is traveling along a rough track on the top of a forested ridge. Driving the car is Officer Nancy Strange, who is chatting animatedly. And that's why Doctor Who fanfiction is probably the best on the internet, way better than the Harry Potter stuff, and I'm convinced The Lord of the Rings stuff comes nowhere near close. Mm. Uh, In the very back seat is Officer Randy. Uh, What is Officer Randy doing? (laughs) Uh, Officer Randy is humming to himself
2: gently uh, tunes that he doesn't quite understand and that don't quite make sense.
1: He's stamping along to the strange Uh, uh, rhythms in his head.
0: uh, 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 uh. Uh, 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 uh. While Nancy continues to chatter, uh, we move across to Ernest Marsh.
1: What is Ernest thinking about? So Ernest, with all this kind of chaos around him, he's trying to kind of process a few things. Uh, and he has this feeling, this disappointed feeling inside of him that he's trying to, to work out. And his, his mind goes back to an instance uh, quite a few years earlier where he was on a, a scout camp And there was a a bird that had run into, not run into, had flown into a a tree. And there were a small cluster of kids around it who were arguing about what to do. And Ernest had kind of walked in halfway, and it was this, it just turned to this massive argument between these two kids about what to do. And at a point, it kind of stopped being about helping the bird and just turned into an opportunity to have an argument. And Ernest was watching from the back, but was very uncomfortable. And it was spir- like spiraling and spiraling and spiraling and getting more and more heated. Until Ernest's brother came over, who was one of the leaders of the camp. One of the he wasn't with with how the the scouting system works. There is like the top scout of it, or the leader, and then there's a series of underlings who are still scouts, but you know they're they're not. They're, they're still teenagers type of thing and then there's the kids and so brother uh, was one of the uh, lower leaders and he came over and he calmed the kids down and he kind of separated them out a little bit and he kind of diffused the entire people who were watching and then just talked directly to the two kids and Ernest never really heard what he said to them but he kind of sat on the ground and talked to them for quite a few minutes and eventually they both wandered off and then Ernest's brother picked up the bird and walked off with it. Ernest was never sure what he did with the bird but whatever he had said to the kids had worked and so Ernest is kind of clenching and unclenching uh, the bottom of his jacket thinking back to how he had exploded at the, the doctor's office and thinking about those two kids and kind of clenching and unclenching the and more and just thinking, man, I stuffed that up. <laughs> man, I stuffed that up. The other thing, and kind of thinking to himself, it's not the way we do things. It's not the way I do things. We're going to be better. We're going to do better than that. We're going to do better than that. And he's going to pull from his pocket a harmonica. Hell no. (laughs) I also just want to point out Alistair has no regrets from the hospital. (laughs) He has no problem with what happened. So Ernest is going to start psyching himself up. It's just like, all right, we're going to to get in there. We're going to do this. This is going to be amazing. We're We're going to get in there. We're going to get bread. I am going to earn Gina's approval. She might not like me now. I'm going to earn it.
2: You know we can hear you in the front there, right?
1: I was thinking this in my head. How are you how are you, are you listening you to this? You were thinking
0: it with your mouth, sunshine. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nancy is going, and that's why I'm pretty sure Peter Capaldi is not the best doctor, but such a good actor. And this know, kind of turns around. I can agree
1: with that. And this guy kind of turns around to, to Randy. He's like, well, you can be my witness for this. Randy, this is going to be the best mission that you have ever gone on in your entire life. We're going to get in there we're going to get out. We're going to sing some great songs, okay?
2: What's the best mission I've ever done? This one. Ah, uh, oh, this one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Starts singing to himself again. You're not sure if he actually heard what you said or not. Oh, boy. I was trying to figure out how can I make Randy weird without making him really aggressive like he was in the last episode. Just more and more layers of Randy. I don't know what any of them mean, so feel free to speculate. All right.
0: Well, um, as you are having this interaction, and Nancy is still talking, the car comes to a pause as you reach the top of this ridge, and all three of you can now see that uh, the ridge sort of drops away from this point, and the terrain goes from being forest and rough dirt track um, to kind of rocky grassy headland and you can see out to the ocean. You can see storm clouds forming off in the distance um, and Ernest, you would probably be able to tell, you know, this is maybe two hours off from rolling in. Basically, you're looking down at uh, where the headland comes to a point and then drops away in a cliff towards the sea. And there's a lot of really large boulders here and stunted trees and as the car now begins to wind its way slowly down this track uh, towards a cleared space you can see a fairly large sign uh, that is very weathered and not looked after that says uh, Hon Caves. Underneath uh, there is a large sign that has been affixed to the original it says closed unsafe. <laughs> mm, I like those odds. <laughs> Uh, Nancy pulls the car to a stop just beyond this sign and the little fence that prevents people from driving
1: any further and you all start to pack out of the car. Urs gets out and immediately starts doing stretches and kind of limbering up, saying to himself, this is how we do it, this is how the Marsh boys do it, just kind of like flexing and getting like warming up as like turns around to the the other two. You realise that Nancy is right next to you doing, uh, doing similar stretches and squats
0: and things. She's like, yeah. Yeah. This is a good positive vibe. I'm really enjoying this. Randy
2: is shadow boxing the car. <laughs> <laughs> he's not actually hey, hitting Randy, it but he's... Randy
0: don't, no Randy. <laughs> Randy.
1: Oh, get you. <laughs> Okay, I spin around like, "All right guys, great hustle." Okay, so we're going to get in there. We're going to get bread out. We're going to get this done in uh, before. Hopefully, the storm arrives just to avoid any additional unsafeties. I feel like that could be the the best. Uh... Randy has walked away from you and is now staring at the sign. <laughs> I kind of just turned to Nancy. I feel like that could be the the best uh, strategy here. Uh, I'm not as experienced with the the location, so I'm going to need your guys' help. But uh, yeah, absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna have to rappel down
0: into the caves. That's just the entrance. Uh, we've got the general sort of climbing gear ready. I would say we go down single file. Uh, come on, help me get the bags. Uh, Rand- Randy. Yep. Yep. Come on. <sighs> help me. Right. Help me carry this. Ah, she- fine. She opens the back of the um of the patrol vehicle, and there's several large black police issue duffel bags with. Rope and climbing gear and a couple of harnesses. These Randy's going to carry all of it. Nancy kind of piles it all on Randy uh, and she carries um, a small like medical backpack <laughs> uh, and you head down towards the caves. You follow a little what is basically like a goat track from the sign uh, you can see that once upon a time this was probably a fairly popular walking trail and you're heading downhill further to the very point of this sort of headland. There are large boulders and stones that create an obscured view. It's hard to see what's kind of at the point here. But as Nancy leads you and you thread your way through these large stones, having to climb over a lot of them, you basically come to a new section and you see a very large sign in the middle of the goat trail that says no trespassing and underneath that says unsafe terrain, turn back. And below that there is a police warning about fines and so on.
1: And this kind of turns to the other two. I was like, I personally believe there is no such thing as unsafe terrain. Only unsafe people. So I feel like if we proceed in a manly, orderly, and, you know, cautious manner, then we can...
2: <laughs> Randy's giggling at you, but he also can't see you because he's got ropes, like, over his head. <laughs> so he's being uh, guided by Nancy this whole time because he can't see where he's walking.
1: I kind of point with both fingers. Yes, Randy, you have something to say? No. <laughs> okay. Nice okay right Uh, (laughs) he points to the left of you
0: because he can't see you uh over here nancy is a ways ahead of you (laughs) in the tumble of rocks yes all right this is the entrance as you approach her what you see is that these rocks and these boulders form almost like a nest around what is essentially a five meter diameter hole in the ground and this is just a sheer pit and there's a bit of cleared area around it, and as you begin to unload bags and those things, you can see um, several rappelling anchors that have been hammered into the stones nearby, some with a few tatty bits of rope hanging off them, where people have used to rappel down into the caves. I'm going to check them for rust. Oh, all of them are rusty. I'm going to check which one is the least amount of rust. Oh, some of them are fairly new, most of them are perfectly good to use. Okay. Nancy goes, she's reading a um, a plaque that has been like cemented to one of the stones. It's like Hon Caves was first discovered, blah, 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 blah. Many meters deep, unexplored, mm-hmm, ghost stories. <laughs> I think we're good to go. We cut back now to the other side of the island with Alistair and Bernie. Traveling along their car, Bernie um, kind of revives himself a little, snaps out of his daydream and he elbows you goes, so um, how are you feeling? Uh yeah all right i'm a bit tired i guess but yeah you're looking a little tired uh here he uh rummages through the glove compartment and passes you like a combined protein caffeine muesli bar <laughs> like they're they're really good alistair starts reading
2: very carefully the ingredients but eventually he decides that it's fit for alistair
0: consumption and he eats it uh as you are eating um You also crest a ridge in the trail and begin heading down. And as the car begins to descend, Alistair, you are greeted by a view you have never seen. You've never been this far north, and below you in a cove, protected by um, large sort of arms of the island, is a small town and a small dock. Now you know this to be the Old Cove, as it's sort of referred to, you know it by name, but you've never been here. Even from this distance, you can see that the whole area is well and truly abandoned. The tin roofs on the houses are badly rusted, while those who have, like, slate have lost many of the sheets. You can see houses where roofs have fallen in entirely and others where they've been blown away. As you wind down into the town you pass a sign that has several large holes through it that you Uh. (laughs) suspect might be from a (laughs) shotgun or something else Uh, and this says Shink Cove Bernie slows the car as you begin to enter town proper and both of you are looking out the windows at these houses. You can see the gardens spilling over fences right into the street, where vines and small bushes and things have well overgrown their bounds. You can see cars here and there, none newer than maybe the late 1960s, Mm -hmm. with rotted tires and broken windows. You see a cat sleeping on top of one of these cars. It watches you lazily. As you pass through what just looks like an ordinary town that has just been left, your mind flashes to photos you remember seeing in school of Uh, Chernobyl in Russia, or Fukushima in Japan only a few years ago, of towns totally abandoned in a hurry. And you get that same strange feeling as looking at these desolate photos. But there's nobody here, there's nothing here at all, there's definitely no power plants. (laughs) Uh, Bernie pulls the car over in a uh, four-way intersection, he doesn't really bother to park (laughs) anywhere, he just stops the car, and the two of you get out and he shuts off the engine as you have step out you hear nothing there is no sound here except the lapping of water a little way across the occasional chirp of a bird or a seagull uh, as it flies overhead but it is so quiet bernie I, i've never
2: been up here do you do you know what happened to this place i mean i i i've heard stories but
0: me uh, i i don't know i think it had something to do with like uh, economy collapse, bunch of people like moved away, businesses closed down. Um, it's not just this town either. There's the um, little island. I think it's Sullivan, the little island across from here. And he points oh, yeah. He points out, you can't really see because of the houses and things in the way, but you can see the tips of trees off on the water where there must be another very small island away from this cove. Because goes, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, a bunch of people left, um, businesses closed down, and it all kind of just imploded. Oh. I mean, it was the okay. like the 60s or the 70s or something. It wasn't a great economic time here. Right. He kind of coughs under this. <clears throat> Not that anything is ever a great <laughs> economic time here. Um, All right. We should probably start looking. <laughs> he uh, he yeah. puts his hands on his hips and uh, kind of surveys the area around. He goes, yep. Yep. Uh, Better start.
2: Mm. Alistair like walks over and kicks a piece of glass on the on the road. Hey
0: that's 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 vandalism, my man. <laughs> He just looks at you, very confused.
1: You know, I still think, every time, every single time I think about Alistair, my mind immediately goes to that bloody interaction of the hospital, where it's just like, but my shoes are clean. It's just like, wipe your shoes! It's just this, everywhere he goes is an altercation, an argument, and a nuisance.
0: Technically, still vandalism. Best to, you know, be careful... Uh, these houses do still belong to people While you know? he's speaking, Alistair bends down, picks up a rock and throws it through a window oh, The cat goes running off Allie, he's going to he kind of draws you aside back to the car And, goes, uh, and he kind of puts both hands on your shoulders like he's a football coach And he's uh, about to give the big speech that's going to help you win the Wait, game Wait, hold
1: on, it's just the two of them Why'd <laughs> yeah. he draw him back anyway? Yeah,
2: shut up <laughs> Because, um, Alice is doing everything he can to avoid eye contact.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Looking around. Uh, this is official police business. I'm not saying that I'm deputising you or anything like that, but you are a civilian aide in a missing persons case. Let's just be really, really clear. We don't know what else is here, and that kid seemed to be really scared that something else or someone else was looking for him, so I don't want to make our presence too known. Please stop throwing stuff. <laughs> and in
2: that moment Bernie screams and he's gone.
0: <laughs> no no, no and so he kind of he nods at you wanting you to kind of nod back. Yeah, I nod back reluctantly. Great I'll um I'll go grab the gear. He goes and opens the back of the boot and pulls out um again police issue kind of backpack and duffel bag with some some different equipment. Uh, as he does so he uh, drops the bag and lots of uh, things jangle and clang. <laughs> And he swears because he drops it on his foot Um, and then he slams the the car boot accidentally and then stops and goes, damn it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Alistair's not helping. He's just walking away. Can you roll for me? Yes, I can. First roll of the game. Four. Not good. Not a good one.
0: All right, um, as Bernie is is cursing to himself and repacking the bag that kind of uh, drops stuff all over the place. You are surveying this intersection around you. With a four, you see something move and it could have been that cat that you scared earlier, but something just on the edge of your vision uh, moves ever so slightly, um, okay. but f- it moves fast enough that you're aware that there was something there. Uh, and as you look there's there's nothing there's just the overgrown gardens the empty houses the swaying of a branch okay yeah i think i just assume it's the cat all right we will cut back now to hon caves with our rescue crew all right ernest you um you go right to the edge of this pit in the ground and as you look down the Edges of the pit are quite jagged. They're stone and it looks like at one point this was maybe a much smaller hole that has eroded and fallen away until it's quite large and it's jagged around the edges. There is no safety railing. There is signs, but there's nothing to actually stop anyone literally just walking into a giant hole in the ground. And as you look down, it is quite deep. You can see the bottom, but only dimly. Your best guess, it's maybe... 4 5 meters down a couple of stories Randy is very close to you
1: like looking over your shoulder at this at this point he's like "Ah." Uh, so Ernest is kind of looking down the hole and kind of mumbling to himself a, a campfire song uh, ding dong, dong ding dong, dong ding, she threw them in like the fish be- ah, ah, you, know, ah, you, you want me to throw you in what's that, ah. that what he said hello Randy. I'll hello. do it. I'll do it <laughs> i'm kind of i kind of like kind of Ju- like dart my eyes from randy to nancy it's just like um uh, i feel very uncomfortable in situation but um yeah so nancy like, is just watching i'm gonna kind of <laughs> like to get out of my <laughs> shot She's just gonna like clap my hands and like okay guys um so what's next
0: um nancy is going um well i have been repelling once before i've never been in these caves um I mean, they've been, like, closed for a while. I thought that's kind of where you came in. Um, The brief that Bernie gave me was that you were leading the charge. Um, Randy is handing you all of the ropes
2: and all of the climbing equipment while she's talking.
1: Uh, Ernest kind of takes them, and there is this kind of electrical bolt, kind of, like, runs through him of fear, but leaves just as quickly as it kind of comes in. It's like, (sighs) yep, okay. Uh, he kind of kneels down and immediately starts tying the, the ropes to the to the pitons and affixing everything. And I'm going to start pointing. Okay, Nancy, you're going to take the farthest right one. Randy, you're going to take the farthest left one. I'll take the one in the middle. Uh, we're all going to need some form of lighting on each of us so we can identify where each other is. We're going to need either like glow sticks or something along those lines. Do we have anything like that? Oh, of course. Nancy
0: is wearing um, the police issue tactical vest, which... I mean, Bernie wears this too. Essentially, it's the the black body vest um, with police printed on the front. It's got the radio and everything else. And it has a light on the front too. She turns that light on. She also has a taser, which is affixed to the front as is sort of police issue. And so she goes through the bag and she um, hands each of you a flashlight and a chemical light. Mm -hmm. This is basically like a really large glow stick, uh, chemical reaction light. And she hands one to each of you. I don't think we've ever really discussed what Randy wears. So Randy wears a uh he 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 does
2: not wear his standard issue. He wears like your classic detective, like he's got a he's got a bomber jacket, he's got aviator sunglasses, which he definitely won't remember to take off before going into the cave. Um, well these less dim. <laughs> his hair is slicked back with about a kilogram worth of all of the hair products he could find. It never moves. Um and uh, Yeah, he doesn't wear a vest or anything. He just wears jeans and,
0: like, boots. Randy, are you sure you don't want a vest? Like, it has a lot of things on it. They're helpful. Uh, I feel like you every, are... <laughs> everything that would be in
2: the vest is in a pocket somewhere.
0: Yeah. So, so he, he has all the equipment, he just does, doesn't wear the vest because it feels like he feels like it constricts his movement. And Bernie has issued you about 17 different official warnings for not wearing oh, it, yeah, uniform regulations. Yeah.
1: Does he have like a belt pack or something like that?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. He'd have like pouches and pockets and things. And he's got like maybe he's wearing cargo pants, so he's got like pockets in the pants and stuff. So he has all the equipment, he just doesn't wear the vest because he, he doesn't think it looks yeah. cool. Okay,
1: Ernest uh James his parts cap harder down his head, clips the... Uh... Randy's
2: already halfway down the rope.
1: <laughs> no, no, you guys haven't gone off yet. You're going to roll for things. Oh, man. I was going to say, do I need to roll for his lack yeah. of deftness? Right. Uh, Ernest kind of clips on the uh, the light onto the side of his pants, takes the torch and kind of uses the the band around it to wrap it around his wrist so he's got a better grip and gets the, the rope in his other hand and runs it through a... Uh, what do they call the... The things that click together yeah yeah the carabine yeah he yeah. Lo- he uh, runs it through the carabiner on his uh, hip and begins to move towards the hole
0: the, the three of you position yourselves simultaneously around the edge giving each other enough room that you're not going to bump into each other and you lean back as is the manoeuvre legs bent lean back And you kind of let your weight
1: begin to drop backwards into the hole. Now, I'd like all of you to roll. As Ernest begins to lean back, there's just this kind of flash of a memory of back in this scorching heat to one of the the last days on the last camp he went to uh, quite a few years ago. And just watching as he goes down this mountain, just kind of this fear running through him, but then seeing all the other kids around him also doing it, just giving him a sense of... camaraderie and seeing his brother at the bottom. As you remember
0: this and then snap back to reality, you look to your left and Nancy is there, thumbs up. He's like, (laughs) "We good to go?" I I bust out a
2: thumbs up and like, "Yep, all right, let's go." Randy also busts out a thumbs up. No one's looking at Randy. (laughs) It's to himself. He high fives himself. Do you want me to roll disadvantage? from randy because he probably doesn't really yes. pay attention <laughs> he's yes. also
1: he's also going thumbs up with both hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay
0: randy rolled a seven with disadvantage because oh, am I he doesn't pay advantage? attention yeah 11 all right Ernest kicks off and begins to glide downwards uh nancy mirrors him a little shakily uh she drops a little too far at first and then gets control uh, Randy plummets about four meters and then gets control of himself. He also burns his hands a bit. <laughs> Can we get the sound of that. <laughs>
2: ah. Yeah natural uh. <laughs> I was wondering if they're like if I roll really badly. it's like he just he gets already holds the rope and everything but he hasn't looped it through or anything so he lets
0: go and just falls the whole way or that he would just jump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, We cut across now. We return to Alistair. He is standing. uh, He's just seen something out of the corner of his eye. He is looking around. Behind you, you can see that Bernie is clipping things to his tactical vest. He has um, the taser at the front. Uh, And you can see now he's actually um, unlocking a travel case. And he's pulling out a very large industrial-looking rifle from a rifle case and he's tucking this under his arm as he slings on a backpack which is police issue and he uh gestures for you to pick up yours yes uh this is fairly standard missing persons uh gear each of us have um some water rations we've got some emergency kits basically anything we would need to help someone in an emergency situation and to be able to alert others to our presence. Since this is a uh, small manpower investigation, uh, we are going to stick fairly close and I think we should probably start by moving through the centre of town. Does that sound good? Yeah, sure. Hey, uh, what's what's uh, what's that? What's going on with that? He points to the rifle. Oh, like, hey, this is my radio. It's a police issue as usual. Uh, this is what lets me talk to no, everyone. The, the gun. Burning the gun. Oh, oh yes. It looks at um, like, and
2: I kind of motioned like, "Can I have a look at it?" <laughs> no. What? Uh, Come on, man. Come on. Look. What is that is it a two-two-three? What is that?
0: He just chucked a rock through a window. I'm not going to trust you with a gun. <laughs> He's not really thinking about that. Listen, Ali, Um, you know, I can I can appreciate curiosity about uh about a weapon, but this is really not the, the place. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, he. But it looks cool. <laughs> Uh, he kind of chugs uh, it. It is very cool. Uh, but this is for our protection. I am aware that there could be uh, potential threats. Let's just uh, go with that. And after the uh, blue gull incident, I didn't want to be caught unprepared. That, nods, you don't get like, one. Yeah, that's fair. It's like, oh. come on, man. <laughs> Let's you look, gonna... you don't have a license. You, you two are walking down the street. Now. There's no one here. Who's gonna know? Hey, you're eyeing the rifle as the two of you uh, walk down the main... This is kind of the main street, if you can call it a main street. It's a small town. On either side of the sidewalk, peering into the houses and as you get further along the shops as you go past. What are you looking for exactly? Other than Bernie's rifle, um, I think Alice is probably just looking for anything that looks
2: like it's been touched recently because... He's aware that the that he heard the radio of the boy, and then also he said his mother was around, so he's assuming there's at least a couple of people. So there'd be something. He he doesn't he doesn't necessarily he's not adept at tracking, so he doesn't necessarily know exactly what he's looking for, but just anything that looks like it's been touched or moved or broken branches or footsteps or anything that looks clean or used
0: recently. Okay. As you continue down, uh, you pass a fuel station which is very old-fashioned now. The pumps are actually manual pumps. Um, Yeah, yeah. These sort of things. And you see on the ground close by the door of the little office that someone has dropped a packet of cigarettes. And these are not old cigarettes. These are relatively new ones. Um, Bernie. Bernie kind of makes a hand gesture and starts moving towards you, but keeping his eyes where he was before. And I just uh, point over to cigarettes. I'm like, they. They look new. He nods and he moves closer to check it out, keeping his eyes on the doors uh, as he goes. He seems, to you at least, unreasonably on edge. Okay. And considering what you've been through the last couple of nights, <laughs> it it seems odd that he is so worked up when yeah. you feel like you have every right to yeah. be worked up. Hey, Bernie, relax. It's okay. He, uh, he shushes you with a finger <laughs> to his lips um, and he flicks the, the packet of cigarettes over. They are empty, you can see okay. now. But you're right, they are, they are a newer brand. Okay. He um, pokes his head into the office and then moves inside and you're left alone for a moment. Roll again for me. Mm-hmm. 11. This time, you're quite certain that something moved. Again, right at the edge of your vision, almost behind you, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you get this sense, you pretend to look at the ground, you're kind of scuffing your shoe, and then you turn to look, hoping to kind of catch whatever it is if they don't think that you are looking for it. And what you see is a shadow moves across a building, Mm -hmm. um, down an alleyway, and it's probably a person. You see something large in a shadow just flit out of your, your vision. I'm gonna take out my razor okay <laughs> just, just
2: almost just like instinctively just in case like i think i'm probably still assuming that it might be the person we're looking for but given how worried bernie is i think you know I just take it out and kind of hold it and i keep watching i look back just to see you know if bernie's done yet and i keep watching the spot and so did it go round behind yeah behind the, the back of the okay the fuel station i'm gonna wa- checking through the window i assume i still see bernie's you see bernie crossing. moving around inside i got going to walk to the corner of the building and see if I can see where it went. Okay. Like, uh, as quietly as
0: I can, maybe if I use my sneaking ability, can I do that? Yeah, use your sneaking ability. It takes up three of your energy points and roll again for me. Ah, uh, it's a five. Almost cartoon style. As you move to this, you can see another shadow moving as they've gone behind the um, the fuel station itself. Okay. So you, you know you're on the right track. I'll just keep walking. Um, do I... I- Assume this is still covered it's all there. covered. Yeah. Yep. So you move quietly. Um, there are bits of broken glass, uh, a stray brick here and there. You pick your way between all of these things, the cracks in the concrete, etc. I pick up the brick on my way past. All right. So you're to. <laughs> That's a, in my left hand. You have a cutthroat razor in one hand and a brick in the <laughs> other. <laughs>
2: the two most different weapons I could possibly
0: find. Blunt object and very sharp <laughs> object. You round the corner and you are looking at the back of the fuel station, and what you realise. Now is that there is a mechanics garage back here. Okay. Usually these things go hand in hand, and you're kind of in a little in a little square of mm-hmm. paved ground. There's sheds kind of around you on all sides. Uh, roll the doors and these things, and the back of the fuel station. Uh, and what you see is that there is a door just gently swinging closed uh, in Ooh. one of the sheds. Is there windows and a back door on the? Mm-hmm.
2: So can I can I go in? To the station. Yep. You're going to go
0: to to, to grab Bernie. Yeah. Okay. You, um, hoping that he doesn't shoot me. (laughs) You, you head inside quietly, I'm assuming, because you don't want to alert the whoever or whatever was watching you. Yep. The room in here is tiled floors. There's mold all over. What is, I suppose, probably wallpaper. A couple of flies buzzing around. The, the floor is just trashed. ...rubbish from possums and things... ...there's torn up newspapers... ...empty chip packets... Mm -hmm. ...and as you... ...you kind of... ...you start looking for Bernie... ...and you don't find him... ...you start moving... ...from room to room... ...he's gone out the front... ...and (laughs) round the back hasn't he... ...while I went... (laughs) ...and then as you... ...and as you move... ...into the front... ...very confused... (laughs) ...um... ...you feel a hand... ...on your shoulder... ...I turn around... ...and it is Bernie...
2: ...God damn it Bernie...
0: (laughs) Uh, his hand goes from your shoulder to your wrist, and he pulls up your hand that's holding the cutthroat razor, and goes, "Ali, what is this?" Finally, I kind of like rest right and put it on it. <laughs> Ali, he's not letting the hand go. You can make a strength check if you want I guess Uh
2: Yeah, I'll I'll try. I guess okay.
0: seven. Um, okay, you are evenly matched. You can't quite l- loosen his grip, and he can't quite uh, keep you in the same spot. I guess uh "Ali, that looks a." Uh, 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 mighty dangerous bernie bernie if you
2: have a rifle all right i have the right to defend myself okay i've been through some stuff
0: the last couple of days all right well uh, technically the australian constitution does not recognize Yo, your I don't right care. to. Uh... all
2: right the australian constitution doesn't constitute tentacle monsters all right either so just this has already saved my life a couple of times
0: all right so as you, <laughs> as you go like right to defend yourself yeah uh tentacle monsters he goes all right yep yeah, fair point he lets you go i guess it's not like we actually have a constitution anyway. I said, Okay, Bernie, I saw something. I saw
2: something a shadow or something moving, but I, I, I saw it went into one of the doors around the back and I came around to find you and then you weren't here. Anyway, I think we should go investigate. Yes. I didn't want to do it without you. And I like kind of smiles like, see, I'm doing the right thing. I came and found you.
0: You're welcome. Alright. Yep, yeah, that sounds like a good lead. Um all right, so yeah, let's let's head at the back. He leads the way, you uh, go back out into this area between the fuel station and the garages and I just tap on the shoulder and
2: point to the doorway because i don't want to make too
0: much noise just yeah. point to the door it went in he kind of um crouches down a little bit to make sure that he's out of sight of the windows and he whispers to you all right we're gonna have to do this uh police procedure style i am going to go first you're going to come with me you're going to go behind the door you are going to open the door i'm going to push it open and go inside first you After a pause, follow me. We stay low, okay? He nods. I want both of you to go stealth. All right. So this is a separate check for Mm -hmm. getting inside. Okay. Great. You stay low. You move into position. You are behind uh, the door, which you realize probably opens in, not out anyway. Mm. And Bernie is on the other side of the door. You can't hear anything from inside. Bernie gives you the signal. Mm -hmm. You reach up and open the door and swing it open. Yep. As it's opening, he moves forward and pushes it. F- pushes with his shoulder and moves into the space mm-hmm. uh, and is utterly silent, and then you follow in after him. Now, what you see is a mechanic's garage. Now, this is an older mechanic's garage. Instead of having hydraulics that lift the car up, you have a pit underneath that the car is parked over the top of and the mechanic goes right. underneath into this sort of... Yeah, trench channel thing, yeah. To work on the cars. You see a car on here, the tires have rotted away, everything is rusty. You smell rusting metal and oil and dust. This place is in a similar state. Smells cozy. Yeah, it's a a recognizable smell. There's shredded newspaper, there's bits of insulation that have been torn out of the roof. You realize there's probably a very healthy possum population living in this town now. (laughs) And as you move into the space, it's just a clutter of Tool chests and gear, oil bottles, uh, drums, and Bernie is moving forward, staying low, rifle at the ready um, Mm -hmm. as he's moving through this space. All right, we return to the other side of the island and to the rescue crew. As you are all descending down into the dark- Some of us quicker than others. (laughs) uh, Randy hits the bottom first. (laughs) Ernest and Nancy alight very gently. (laughs) Nancy switches on uh, her torch and starts shining it around. And what the three of you are going to realize, uh, Randy will not, because he's still wearing his glasses. Yep. Uh, this is a fairly large. He turns his chamber. torch on as well and immediately shines it in both of their eyes.
1: <laughs> Randy,
0: Randy, torch on the ground, please. It's very dark down here. Yes, it is, very Randy. <laughs> he starts like
1: slapping the sides of his torch. Like, why isn't this thing lighter?
0: <laughs> she she looks at Ernest and sort of shakes her head very minutely. Like, don't say anything. <laughs>
1: He takes his glasses off to look at
2: the side <laughs> of the torch I'm like, yeah, it's not working, and then puts them back on again.
1: And this kind of just shrugs and like puts his hands up a little bit. Make a
0: perception roll for me.
1: Perception roll. Three.
0: Three. You're in a cave. <laughs> Whoa, nice. <laughs> uh, it's a big cave. There is, uh, it's not high. The walls around you are maybe a couple of feet above your head. Weirdly enough, it seems like there's this this tunnel down and then it opens up. It doesn't open up naturally like you might expect in a normal cave formation, which is odd, but you can't really make any kind of assumptions about it. As you look around, there's a lot of fallen rocks and debris down here, large boulders. There's no real even ground anywhere. But as you look around, there are clefts and crags, there are different entrances all around you, multiple different ways to go. And you can hear coming from at least a couple of them, the sound of running water. I'm gonna try and use tracking to work out which way to go. All right. Um,
1: Which is just Yeah, like, use your tracking skill. Yeah. Tell me what you do to start tracking. So Ernest is going to move up and start uh, looking down each of the, the different kind of pastures they could take. He kneels down and looks at the ground to try and see any scuffed dirt or anything like that or any rocks that have been clearly pushed out of the way. He also knows that it would be, in this instance, for someone searching down here to leave some type of sign, either chalk on a wall or something to communicate which way they go. No one would just take a path if they're doing this in a professional instance. Like for park rangers, either they would tell someone on the radio or they would leave some type of sign. So he's trying to see if he can see chalk, yeah, or a a chip taken out of the wall or something. As you begin to search,
0: you find two things of note. The first is that you find a um, battery powered Lantern sitting on one of the large rocks and the batteries are dead. It's Ranger issue. It's a pretty sturdy one, but the batteries are dead. It's obviously been here for at least a few days, maybe a week. And you also find a couple of muesli bar wrappers, energy
1: bar wrappers, tucked underneath it. I, kinda, I, I pull them out and like roll them up and put them in my pockets. And I'm like, disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> and as you begin to search the different
0: entrances, you can see that three of them have uh, white chalk marks on them
1: in the shape of stars okay so i look at them and i i kind of turn to Nancy. okay so because multiple multiple of the passageways have markings i presume those are ones that he traveled down and then came back to so they're saying that those are most likely dead ends or have no result so i kind of turn to the one that doesn't have any chalk so most likely then he went down this one and didn't come back from it and i can kind of turn back and point the lantern and like the lantern and the muesli bars my guest would make this his home base of sorts so wherever he went pointing down the hallway again he most likely still hasn't come back from otherwise he would have come back and got the lantern Nancy's
0: shining her door and yep that makes sense it's a bit of a tricky job to have a one man search party down here hmm
1: um yeah all right. I kind of scratched my head and it's just like how how like strung up is this park other ran- park rangers here like no one person should be down here this is a this is a job for a, a minimum of 3 people for even to be remotely safe all right well nancy's going to go okay now i have an
0: idea i just want to run it past you um, actually no you know what never mind and then she uh, cups her hands around her mouth and just yells Brett, Brett are you there
1: i was i kind of like Gesture. I was like, I was going to suggest that maybe we try to radio, but I suppose that could work as well.
0: Uh, there isn't a response. Let's it try the radio away. thing. She goes, okay. Um, What frequency is that she's fiddling with the one on her vest?
1: Uh, well, if I remember correctly... Park Rangers, should operate on channel four, five, and six. So just send our signal to, to those three. All right, we'll do. She starts clicking through the different channels,
0: uh, giving a general sort of please respond type of message um, on each one as you uh, wander away. What is Randy doing? Uh, Randy, he goes up to one of the,
2: the chalk stars, and he like puts his finger across it and licks it. He's like, ha ah chalk he also goes a part way into that one before he realizes that they're not following him then he has to come back out again and uh go. roll
0: get can randy roll for me oh of course
1: randy rolled a seven something's uh, gonna come down from the <laughs> ceiling and just like stab through his stomach like naruto <laughs> uh randy hears something above the the
0: trickling of water which echoes through the tunnel that you kind of step into you hear a
1: whimpering sound
0: hey hey you. it Nancy Listen. is still on the radio. As in, as
1: in is this the one? With the the one that you're on? Yeah, the one yeah. with the trauma. I'm still kind of completely focused on Nancy, and I've mostly tuned Randy's hey. stuff. <laughs> Randy's hey. outbursts out. I heard
2: something down here.
1: That, like that's yeah, that's that's good, or Randy. All right, you
2: wanna you want me to go look at it? That's good. Go, yep. All right, we'll do. That's and good. he
0: walks off down the passageway. We'll Randy's stay with on the case. Don't worry, I got
2: you. You'll be safe.
0: We're gonna stay with Ernest. Nancy continues uh, going through the radio until there comes a crackling through, and it's very distorted, uh, as if there's a lot of interference, uh, and the signal is very weak. And you hear a voice going, Hello? 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 Uh, and she she beckons you over and goes, uh, Yes, this is Officer Nancy, accompanying uh, park ranger Ernest Marsh. Uh, we are looking for Brett. Brett, is that you? i park ranger uh, She's kind of waving you away like, oh, not important. Uh, and you hear the voice coming through. It's like, "Be careful." Ah. Ah. And then it cuts out. I kind of look at. It. Is that is that
1: is that Brett's voice? Or it's hard to tell, but it sounds like it. I mean, they're responding when I was asking for Brett. Uh, in that instance, I then turn around and then for the first time notice that Randy isn't there. <laughs> Randy. It's like oh, he probably went to pee or something. Randy. He never goes before we leave. I kind of like peer down the different corridors. Make a perception roll for me. 11. You hear him muttering in the distance. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's done this one. And I start to kind of head down that one. Randy, come. Randy, we've got to stay together.
0: You've... Headed down this corridor, Nancy sort of trails after you. Not really keeping pace. She's kind of doing her own thing a little. And as you continue down this chamber, you see that there are every few minutes there's a chalk mark on the wall on both sides. Most of them have been licked. Licked. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's chalk. <laughs> and you head down this tunnel for what feels like maybe a minute or two. It's probably about twenty or thirty meters. You get to the end and you catch up with Randy, who is standing at the entrance of a fairly large uh, cavern. This is much larger, maybe two or three times the size of the one that you were just in. And there is a river running through it, an underground river. Not hugely wide. You couldn't jump it, but you could wade through it. But yeah, there's a little bit of space before you, of stone, um, pebbles that have been washed up, bits of wood and debris and that sort of stuff, and then the the river, and you can see there's probably more cave on the other side of the river. Kind of like... Uh, like, jog up to
1: him, like, Randy, Randy, we got to stay together. I,
0: you to, you told me to come in here, you told me. No,
2: no, we were, I, was, I said, d- I said, I heard something, I was like, do I go, and you were like, yeah, sounds great, so I left.
1: I, I kind of like, I hold I'm out. following orders, I Randy's, ho-
2: Randy's being good, he's following orders,
1: he's doing the right thing. I hold out my hands, like, Randy, I'm so sorry, I should've she have been paying more attention to you. I'm really sorry. Nice. Okay. Ready to get court I
0: can't. Just like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> time. <laughs> I gesture back up the corridor. we have like, we gotta stick together. So no matter what one of us says, we always have to stick together. So stick together. if right. I say stick something together. and you think that yes. means go down a corridor, it only means, it go, means down go down. A down cor- it only means go down a corridor if Nancy or I are already going down that corridor with you. Mm, I disagree, but all right.
2: Now, listen, I heard something, sounded like a, a whimpering, or a muttering, or a, a child, or a I me- I don't know, I just heard a whimpering, and I was like, Randy's going to investigate. And here
1: I am. It sounds like you heard a lot of things. Maybe I did. Um, well, I mean, uh, that's, that's a great that's, lead. That's
2: all the that's, information the narrator gave me, so...
1: That's a great... That's a narrator.
2: The narrator in my head. <laughs> um, well, uh it Sometimes tells me to do things.
1: That's a good lead. Uh, well, for now... Don't listen to the narrator, you listen to me, okay? All right, but I heard something. (laughs) Right, great, okay, I'm going to start looking around the room.
0: Okay, yeah, you
1: you find bits of driftwood that
0: have been washed up, uh, stones here and there, there's uh, bits of broken glass, like bottles might have wound up in here somehow. You don't really know where this river comes from or where it goes. Uh, Presumably, it doesn't stay underground all the time, and your general survival senses would tell you this probably actually goes down into the sea at some point. You don't find anything super specific until you find a shoe. Who finds it? You do. Yeah! You're the one searching. Oh okay, yeah, I kind of hold it up. Uh, what size is the shoe? Uh, it would be a
1: small woman's shoe. It's like a white tennis shoe that is quite old. I, I hold up the shoe and kind of look at Nancy and say, Well, that's not Brett's. So. It's not mine. Got both mine. And it's not Randy's.
0: So you hear um, a scrabbling off in a different direction and you hear another whimper, you all hear it this time. I Bye, flick Randy. my light over, don't go,
1: don't mention it, don't go off, don't go searching, you heard nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I flick my light over like, no Randy, we, we all heard it and I'm going to pull my taser from my back pocket. Then uh, <laughs> he goes, whoa, uh, okay. I uh, thought we were,
0: this is a search and rescue for parking. Randy, park Randy pulls his taser out of his pocket too. I lo- uh, I, Randy, Randy. <laughs> Randy, I lo- we spoke about this. You you can, when I say uh, look, after that time with the parking uh, meter, we needed to slow this down a little bit. You were that allowed, wasn't my
1: fault. You were allowed to keep it. That was a malicious parking meter. He
0: puts it back in his pocket
2: reluctantly.
1: I, I, I look at Nancy and I'm like absolutely agree but the most important thing is to get Britt out of here. So, anything that compromises that... Randy pulls his taser again. Randy, Randy, Randy. <laughs> you listen You listen to Nancy on that regard. Uh, he puts it back in. And I kind of hold my hands up. It's like, I completely understand where you're coming from. It was just a, a, a nerve reaction. I've had a, an intense few days. And I pocket the taser again.
0: He goes, okay then. H- how about I? I'll lead the way. And she starts moving in the direction of the sound. I will follow her. She starts clambering over some of these large rocks and flat stones and things until she finds there is kind of a cleft in the rock that turns into another tunnel. She goes, I think, um... Yep, I can still hear it. I think it came down here. She starts moving uh, faster with her flashlight out. She goes, come on. Uh, the th- two of you follow her and this tunnel kind of dog legs back around heading uh, in the direction you think you were coming in before and then opens out into a smaller chamber. This one is filled with rocks. Um, In fact, it's kind of really hard to walk in here. The rocks go quite deep and they're loose stones. As you enter the chamber, the three of you direct your flashlight and you can see the origin of this sound. And what you see is sandwiched between two larger stones with his leg buried to the knee in what looks like a crag or a crack in the rock uh, is a small man with, a park ranger's uniform and a backpack. He is dirty and disheveled. He has um, a fairly well-trimmed little beard and his hair is kind of thinning on top and he has large wire uh, frame glasses.
1: And he looks at you I guess. Hello? And I stand up on the rock and kind of shine the light on my face. and like, Brett, my name's Ernest Marsh. I'm one, I'm one of the new park rangers. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, that's good. Um, I'm... Please help me. <laughs> I'm stuck. I kind of leap and bound over to him. All right. Uh, give me a roll to see
0: if you can get him unstuck. That's an eight. All right. No, that, that does it. Yeah, you basically are able to get his leg wedged out of this by pulling some stones aside, stuff that he couldn't reach. The others support him from under
1: the arms as you basically get him up, and you realize he's probably twisted his ankle. I kind of uh, hold that man and say, uh, have you had enough water? Have you eaten? Do you need Do you need anything before we get you out of here? Um, well... Sorry, who, who are you? I'm already taking off my backpack and pulling out water and... Yes, no, I no, I'm, I'm okay. Sorry, who who are you? Hi, Snap. Uh, my name is Ernest Marsh. The chief called me in uh, before he uh, went missing. I was meant to have a few days off. I'm You probably should have heard about me. I guess maybe he didn't talk about it. I, I'm the new guy. They called me in because I've got vet training.
0: Oh, oh uh, okay. Um, yes. Great. Listen, um, thank you. Also, there are other people we need to help. Um, there was a woman I saw her. I she was from one of the posters. I've, I'm not sure which one now, but she was definitely down here. I saw her a couple of times, but couldn't get to her. She's somewhere deeper in here. I think um, we need to we need to keep
1: looking. I hold up the the shoe and shine the light at. Would it be? Did you see what type of shoes she was wearing? Because we found this. I didn't really see, but. Yes, that could be. Okay, right. All, right. All right, so, okay, well, first things first, we need to get back to the entrance and call out, say that we have Brett and maybe get him up and get him home and then two of us can return here and continue on with the search. We can continue the search with two people. It's not ideal, but we can continue with two people. The main thing now is we have Brett and we should get him out. The group kind of
0: nods in general assent, and you start moving. Uh, Nancy is has her arm around um brett helping him limp and then you begin to traverse your steps back uh into the chamber with the water and then back into the tunnel uh i want both randy and ernest to make a perception check for me one i still got my sunglasses on nine uh all right randy you are leading the way uh (laughs) and you and you basically just You just make it straight beam. You just go straight to the main chamber. Uh, Ernest, you are in the middle and behind you are uh, Nancy. Because it's a one, I also run into a wall at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Behind you, uh, Ernest, is Nancy and Brett. And then you hear a voice. You hear a scream that
1: is uh, a woman's voice... And someone screaming,
0: "Please, someone, please help me!" Back in
1: the dark, the way that you had come, Ernest like spins around so fast that he nearly spins 360. <laughs> so he needs to kind of spin around twice to kind of work out. And starts flashing the the flashlight around and kind of calls out, "Hello, hello, where are you?" Uh, the voice is still echoing from down this same corridor, the way that you came. I am going to start running down it. Okay, I'm going to call back, Randy. Come on, Randy cannot hear you, Randy. <laughs> This
0: is completely oblivious. Oh. It's the one. Just because I roll because he wine. when he just like went and left you guys. Okay. Uh, he definitely would have come. if um, he Nancy goes. Better. All
1: right, we'll. Um, okay. No, you go ahead. I'll be right there. I um, I hold up my hand in in response. And I'm gonna keep sprinting down the the corridor. All right. Yeah. You keep moving. You head back into the chamber you were in before
0: with the river. Um, you call out. You can't hear anything. You go back into the uh, the chamber where you found. Brett and you can see that there is another exit and you can't hear anything roll again for me it's a five all right you hear echoes and a clatter of stones somewhere off in the next chamber along this continuing on deeper in and you move with it still calling out your voice echoing back to you but you can't quite pin down the sound anymore Uh, you move
1: deeper and deeper into these cave tunnels Ernest has another flash similar to the one when he was entering the cave and another electricity bolt of fear runs through him but this one is much deeper, much colder and remembering the sound of calling voices and squeezing through cracks in the rocks as things move around him and just hearing the screams and the shouts. The the bolt of fear stays in him for longer but he pushes through it and keeps sprinting. You keep moving, keep searching and then suddenly
0: you back out into the light and you are standing in that same main entrance chamber only Randy's not there and your gear is not there Nancy and Brett are not there and as you look up you can see that all of your repelling lines that you used to get down here have been
1: severed. They are severed way above your head. Is the uh, lantern still there? Yes So it is the same. Okay I'm gonna kind of spin around and call out again Nancy, Randy, I'm gonna look up the, the hole. You
0: hear your voice echoing back to you up the hole. Nancy. We cut back now to Alistair and Bernie entering the mechanics workshop. Bernie stays low moving forwards. He kind of gestures for you to stay close and you hear now footsteps and then um, the tinkling of glass as something is moved around on a table and the scrape of wood coming from a back room as i do that i'm gonna put my brick down put my
2: razor away and pick up like a crowbar yes <laughs> you can find a you find a, a big wrench
1: yeah 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 hold on that. everybody put my brick down <laughs> you gotta find something worse i put it
0: down quietly and i don't roll for it all right because i have a stealth ability bernie um motions you again he finds the door this is at the back of this workspace and you would assume it's either storage or maybe an office or something And you uh, line up again on both sides of the door and Bernie kind of gives you a thumbs up, kind of nods, lets you know it's okay. And then he turns his attention back to the door and you can see a bead of sweat running down his his face. (laughs) And he kind of gives you the motion to open the door. All right, I open the door just like I did. Out the front. He barges through it fast and aggressively. There is an awful commotion as you follow him in as he's shouting. All right, stay down, stay. And someone else is screaming.
1: And what you you see is a fully grown man with a very big beard, bushy eyebrows, thinning but long hair, like squatting on the ground like in crab mode with his hands out like pincers type of thing. He's wearing this big... Like fluffy coat that's like the super plasticky thing, like super. It's like yeah, puffer, like a puffer, puffer type of thing. But it's also like patterned with red and black stripes and crisscross <laughs> type of thing. He's wearing sweatpants and like leather Ugg boots type of thing. He's very filthy and just like
2: ah!
1: <laughs> another two fancy eyes. Hello. What the? Red kind of kind of stalls I guess bit. out um, uh, put your hand up, and he holds out his
0: hands like guns. Bernie puts. Holding the rifle still puts his hands above his head You too,
2: sunshine I just grip my wrench harder and like kind of raise it a bit But I keep both
1: arms on it Don't do anything you won't regret uh, Bernie kind of lowers his head slowly regret?
0: and goes uh, I'm sorry, uh, sir?
1: What what are you doing here? The, Who are you? This is my home, you see It's not I lied he has He's still got his fingers like the, the guns, and he, like, pockets them, <laughs> type of thing. All right, we got off on the wrong step there. Hello, my name's Winston with a J.
0: Okay. Uh, sir, my name is Officer Bernie Todd. I'm with the uh, Hookbar Police. Well, ain't
1: you fancy. My name's Winston with a K.
0: Yes. Sir, so we are in the midst of a missing persons investigation for a child. Uh, We got reports that there was activity here and we've come to check it out. Uh, Oh
1: boy, there's activity. And he does like a a barrel roll backwards and then jumps back up. Lots of activity.
0: I can see that. So um, would you please uh, come with me? Maybe we can uh, get some of this straightened out. If you'd like to uh, come this way. and He's kind of like gesturing He is
1: going to dive out of a window. Bodily dive out of a window. It's a seven. All right. Here's what he does. He
0: flings a brick... Out of nowhere, backwards, breaks a window, and then, like, rolls himself backwards out
1: the
2: window. Alistair, without even taking a moment to think, dives after him.
1: Now, I think we should roll if you, like, dive into me. Yeah, like... yeah, do I need to roll <laughs> that right yeah. too?
0: Five. You follow him out the window, and you crash, like, face-first into the ground outside.
2: Um Ow! Ow!
1: He's going to, like, pull out his, his finger guns again. He's like, now listen here, you two. I'm on a mission, are you here? All right, personal mission of sorts. W- I'm not going to have anyone interfering with my person. Ha! He kind of spins around, like, pointing the guns at the shadows, like, Hip! no, I thought I saw something. I, spins back around. I wield my large spanner
2: menacing. I'm like, listen here, we are searching for a child who is missing. I don't know who you are, but if you're not going to help us...
1: Oh... What kind A of child, trailer. you say? He, like, brandishes his finger pistols again and, like, uses the thumbs to, like, click back the imaginary, like, <laughs> hammer. And, like, let's dance, boy.
2: I lunge forward with my spanner. My mother said she's my brother, Scott, and I don't even care who's my father.
0: Right, yeah, the um, the pythons, I believe, is what these repelling anchors. That's the word I was looking oh, for. I believe yes. it's a python, pythons um, or pitons or something like or that. Pythons. Yeah. Or, or pythons, or pythons, you know, as, very as na- strong snakes. As Nancy is uh, explaining to you, uh, as you were explaining to Nancy that they are called um, pythons, uh, Randy is flexing in the background to himself. Mm, python. Ah. Mm. Oh. Nice, Randy. What? Nice. <laughs> Whatever. We can cut that. It doesn't make any sense anyway. Randy never makes sense. That's my
2: secret weapon.